Welcome to the Manager Track, the leadership podcast where we help ambitious managers across the ranks become confident, competent leaders people love to work for. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw. I'm excited to be back in your earbuds with episode number 12. And today we're going to talk about why telling people what to do often doesn't work. So years, years back, when I first met my husband, and he is a marketing and sales consultant, I started getting really curious about this field of marketing, especially as related to small businesses and solopreneurs who turned their passions into a business. That really excited me. And I bet looking back, this was another seed or something inside of me that was ready for me to start my own entrepreneurial journey. But anyways, back then I thought, How about I ask women entrepreneurs if they would find it helpful if I were to review their online presence from the perspective of a potential client and give them feedback on what resonated and what didn't, what was confusing and some marketing tips that they could include to attract more people and then convert them to clients. So I reached out in my network and I asked a few people if they'd be interested in me doing so. This was at no cost. It was really a fun project. I was really interested in it. I loved doing it and I thought it would provide value to other people. Five calls a week for a few weeks in a row and I did my homework. I reviewed their websites and their social media presence and I wrote down all the little things that I thought there is room for improvement. And then we had a call and I would go over it and I would explain where this is coming from. Now, bear in mind, this was feedback that was solicited. So I actually asked them if they wanted to do this and they said, yes, I would love it. So I felt really great giving this feedback. But here is what happened. About a month later, I checked in with each of them. And before I checked in with them, I looked at the website to see what changes did they make. I looked at their social media presence to see what was implemented or not. And I swear about 90% of the things that I said were not implemented. No one did what I suggested they should do. And it was a slap in the face. And I realized I was doing something wrong. Clearly, was I thought would be so valuable was not valuable to them at all. Maybe the little things were done or someone was particularly eager and was in there changing things up after a call. But the vast majority of items that I had suggested were ignored or delayed or rejected. And I remember this vividly because in that moment, I realized that giving advice was not the solution. Helping someone else grow and get better goes way beyond giving advice. There is a lot more to this. And so I got really curious and I was, I was embarking on a journey with my own coach. I started to realize this person doesn't just give me advice. They make it way more relevant for me and they ask me questions in a different way. Then I started practicing this with my team members and I saw a shift. And so now I look back and I realize what a a long way I've come from the moment in time when I thought the most valuable thing to someone else would be for me to give a ton of advice, drop it in our lap and then move on, right? That was completely ineffective. It was a waste of my time and it was a waste of their time. 
Yeah, when we look at our life and how we were raised and our educational system, we were programmed to give answers and advice. Our school system is about raising hand, giving an answer, reading questions on exams and then giving answers, looking at case studies and giving advice. We were patterned early on to give answers and advice. Then when we enter the workforce as an individual contributor, it makes you really successful if you know your stuff and you can give advice to others based on the expertise that you have gathered. That's generally seen as a good thing that helps you be seen as a high performer, as someone who's really knowledgeable and good in their craft. But the reason why I say that moving from an IC individual contributor role into a leadership role is likely a biggest career transition is because once you're in a leadership role, this idea of telling others what to do is often not effective at all. So let me unpack what I mean by this and also why I say often and not always. Obviously, when someone just joined your team, they're new on the job and have no idea how to go about it. You have to tell them exactly what to do. You have to give very specific advice to any challenge that comes up or any questions that they have because that's how they will ramp up and own their role. But as soon as they know the basics and they understand the different dynamics, they understand what their responsibilities are, they understand what they're doing and how to do it, then it's time to shift from what I call telling them what to do to showing them how to think. So that is the moment when you start shifting away from simple advice giving to letting them see how you are coming up with the advice. What are the questions that you are asking yourself as you're thinking through a problem? For example, you're thinking through the risks, you're thinking of the opportunities, you're thinking of the side effects of a particular solution, you're thinking of the client situation and what might be the most appropriate answer for this particular case. Or if you're preparing for a client meeting, you might go do some research on LinkedIn, or you might look at past press releases in preparation for the meeting. So you're not telling them all these things, you're asking your team member those exact questions so they can come up with their own answers. So you're moving from telling them what to do to showing them how to think. Now there's a third stage, which is when the employee on your team actually knows more about a particular topic than you do. So you have a really strong expert in a particular area on your team and you are managing the overall team. There is absolutely no need and there should be no expectation for you to know as much as this person does. You hired this person because they're complimenting you and because they're bringing in expertise that wasn't available on the team. So with those type of people, you don't even need to show them how to think. You simply need to challenge them and challenge their own thinking and their own assumptions and their own worldview to help them expand and grow further as they are looking to develop in their roles. So quick recap, right? You're telling them what to do. That's at the very beginning until someone owns their role and understands all the things that they need to understand to execute. But at that point, they may still have a dependency on you to give advice and to answer a lot of questions. 
But in order to get out of that idea, out of that trap to constantly having to give answers and to tell people what to do, you have to switch to showing them how to think. And then in the case where you have someone on the team where that isn't necessary because they know more than you, then your role is to challenge. Now, in those last two phases, what you're doing is called coaching. And you've probably heard about the concept that as a manager, you should develop your coaching skills. And that's exactly what you do in those last two phases. What happens when you shift out of giving advice into asking questions and showing them how to think, you're increasing their commitment to execution because now they own it. They own the problem, but they also own the solution. They came up with it. There's ownership in it. You boost their confidence because you're demonstrating trust and believe in their abilities to solve the problem and to come up with the answers themselves. That's a huge confidence booster. The third benefit is that it's no longer all on you. People don't run to you to solve every problem. You're not the firefighter who's constantly solving everyone's problems and everyone runs to you when they're challenged because they develop the skills to handle those themselves and they know how to go about it. And there's one more benefit to this. So we had one, increased commitment to execution. Two, boost in confidence. Three, Less burdens on your side because they're not all running to you. And it actually supports organizational change. Because now the answers that people come up with to challenges and problems are not influenced by you and your past experience. They're now able to look at the problem in the current situation, with the current circumstances, independent of your history and in the organizational's past. They have a fresh set of eyes, their unique perspective, and that is what enables organizational change because we're removing dependency on historic events, past experience, and habits. So how does that sound? I'm sold, right? <laughs> there are a lot of benefits. Plus, we haven't even talked about the improvement in performance that's well-documented and researched, that it nurtures learning of new skills, and that it creates greater ownership overall. So right, these are additional side effects. So there's still a little bit of doubt left. If advice is really that bad and people really don't listen to it, then hear me on this. When someone comes to us and they tell us a problem, their real challenge is often not the superficial problem that they bring to us. Their real challenge is something underneath. And you've probably experienced this yourself before. When you bring a challenge to your boss or even your partner or a friend and they start giving advice and you sort of feel like, that wasn't quite it or I don't know if that's really helping. It's because what's underlying that challenge underneath the superficial problem, that's really where you're stuck at. So any advice on that superficial problem is not solving it. It's not even a band-aid. You hear it, you're grateful, and you move on and go, go right back to where you were. The second challenge is that when someone brings a problem to you and is asking for advice, you only get a sliver of information of what's truly going on. You hear one side of the story, you're hearing an abbreviated version, you're never getting the full picture, you're never getting the entire context. And so your advice by default 
is only mediocre because you don't have the whole picture. So the person bringing the issue to you, they're seeing the whole full picture. They're seeing a way bigger picture. And so if you work with them to come up with a solution, you're naturally coming up with a better solution than if you're jumping right into giving advice. And so here's another moment to pause because while we all have the urge to give advice, oftentimes we're on the receiving end of advice. And this is a beautiful learning opportunity because you recognize what type of advice really helps, what type of conversation really gets you unstuck and helps you solve a problem. And when does it just feel like, ah, oh, that wasn't quite it, or I didn't need that, or I didn't want that, or now I feel demotivated, or now I may even feel resentful, right? Observe your own reactions to advice and then take it that other people react the same way when you give that type of advice. So when are you reacting positively to advice? That's probably a good place to start. When do you react negatively and you're rejected? Move away from those things. Now, of course, not everyone reacts to advice the same way. But there are clear trends, clear themes that you can pick up just by observing your own reaction to advice. So I encourage you to do that. And then to rethink how and when you give advice and to whom. And here's how I suggest to get started. And I'm totally aware that I'm talking about giving advice by giving advice. I get the irony of this, but to stick with me, nevertheless. So the most important thing to keep in mind is to refrain from jumping in with advice right away. Just hold back a second, stop, pause, and ask a question first. Try to make it a habit to always ask a question, at least one, before you give advice. And now those questions that you're asking there shouldn't be what we call closed-ended questions or questions that you could answer with a yes or a no. Those should be questions that start with a what or a how or a when that elicit a deeper response, like it's a thought-provoking, ideally solution-oriented question that elicits deeper thinking by the other person. So let's say someone could come to me and say, hey, Ramona, You remember when we sent this proposal to client X? It's been two weeks and I haven't heard on that proposal. I'm worried that we might lose the deal. Instead of saying, yeah, that is right. Why don't you follow up with them and send a quick email just to check in? But what if my employee already sent the follow-up message but didn't hear back? She just didn't mention it as I was talking to her. So then... What use was my advice? It was of zero value and may even make her feel less motivated. Instead, I hear her say, we haven't heard back, and my initial question could be, how are you planning to follow up or check in with them? Super simple. I'm just asking for more information and I'm making sure I understand the context a bit more and I make sure they're thinking already of following up and ways to follow up. So solution oriented and possibly a bit challenging because maybe this person didn't think about ways to follow up if someone is non-responsive. So simply holding back on your advice, asking question first is a perfect start to help you more be more effective in this area. The second thing that I would suggest and encourage you to try out is to observe body language, tone, and voice. 
when we look at research, you know, overall, this is not exact science, but overall, only a small fraction, such as 7%, is actually verbal. Everything else is body language and tone and voice. So if someone tells me something and I recognize that their body language or their tone and voice is actually giving me a contradicting message, pick up on that and say, it seems to me that you're worried about this. I'm listening and I'm picking up on signals that were maybe not voiced in order to move from that surface level issue to the deeper issue. So one, asking question first, ideally starting with a what, when, and how to get the other person to think and share more context, and then to carefully and attentively listen to body language and the nonverbal, such tone and voice, to pick up on additional things and check in on those signals. Sometimes it's just an intuition, but voice it. That is, by the way, also a vulnerable thing to do because maybe you're wrong, but you could say, you could preface it and say, you know, I might be wrong, but I sense a bit of anxiety around this. It's just something I should know about. And well then, let's talk about how to give advice because at some point, it shouldn't all be just question, question, question and never be giving advice. In my experience, it's a very theoretical concept of coaching as a manager, but it's not practical because in many situations, someone actually does come to you to ask for advice. So let's talk about some ways to help you identify when is it right to give advice and then how to do so effectively. First, Check if the person is actually ready to listen to advice or if they just need you to listen. A simple question you could throw in to the conversation is to ask, do you want me to just listen? Are you looking to brainstorm solutions or do you want my advice? Oftentimes, the person on the other side will know exactly what they need. And I can imagine that even in partnerships or family and friends, you know exactly what I'm talking about when you just want someone to listen and you get to vent and you get to drop it all and you don't need anyone to pick it up. Just listen to me and then tell me that I'm a good person and then tell me that I'm loved and tell me that I got it and then I'm going to be good. I'm going to go pick it up myself and run with it. You don't actually need them to solve it for you. You don't need the advice, right? And the same thing, as you probably remember happened before in your personal life, the same things happen in the professional life. So a very simple concept is to ask what do they need and then give them what they need in the moment. That's how you can be most helpful to them. The second tip with giving advice is to diminish it a little bit. Let them know that you don't have the full picture and only a sliver of information. Let them know that you might not be the expert on this. You could say things such as, you know, based on what I heard and I understand I don't get the full picture, but my best guess would be. Or you could say, you know, I might be wrong, but here isn't an idea or here is a thought. Because keep in mind that when you make suggestions or you give advice and you're thinking, well, this is just my advice, that person still has to make a decision. If you're the leader and there's hierarchy in place, your suggestions or pieces of advice will be taken as orders unless you're being very explicit that those are not meant to be orders. Naturally, this will happen. You make a suggestion, the other person thinks boss suggested, I got to do this. And it turns into an order. So make it explicit and diminish advice to leave room for their own thinkings and ideas as it relates to your advice. The third tip is to debrief it and simply ask, does this give you 
what you were looking for? Or is there something else you want to talk about? Or should we go further into this? This question can open up space for the other person to say, you know what, I actually realized that I need more of this or I need also this or, you know, that was helpful and this one here I'm not sure about because. So I'm quickly recapping. When you give advice, check in with the person first. What do they need? Do they need you to just listen? Or do they want to brainstorm? Or do they just want your straight up advice? The second one is to diminish it, right? Add things such as best guess, or I could imagine, or don't take this as an order. This is simply a suggestion. I want you to make the final decision and I'm okay with that. And then three, to debrief it and asking them if this is what they were looking for. And that, my friends, concludes our episode for today and why telling people what to do often doesn't work. So how to hold back on your advice, ask a question first, and then be careful when you do give advice. So if you found this episode helpful and you know you want to work on your coaching skills and be more careful with how and when you're giving advice, then I have two recommendations for you. Number one, send me an email at ramona at ramonashaw.com requesting a coaching skill self-assessment. This is a PDF that I will send over to you with a bunch of questions that will help you identify where you're good at and where you could improve on as it relates to coaching skills. Increasing your self-awareness is the foundation of your growth. The second suggestion is to check out the Leadership Circle. The Leadership Circle is a small group of like-minded leaders who support each other, who cheer each other on, who are there in the dark moments, encouraging one another to get back on their feet. We're we have bi-weekly coaching calls and monthly training triggers to help you build really strong leadership skills. And this is a highly affordable investment, but an investment in you and in your future career. So if you're interested, either email me or check it out at ramonashaw.com forward slash leadership dash circle. And if you enjoyed this episode and you know other people would too, please share it along or leave a review. I already hugely appreciate anyone who's already taken the 10 seconds to add that five-star button because that will help me reach a bigger audience to share this type of information and help more people become a boss people love to work for. Thank you so much and I'll see you next week. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.